had a conversation with a former cop. I said, so what's your opinion on the guy that didn't go into the school down in Florida? And what he told me was pretty damn interesting. So that coming up. Okay. Looking forward to it. So I got wind of this big court case. Uh, I guess the Ninth Circuit was hearing it. Um, uh, a case that is has wandered through various uh, iterations and shapes and and, and topics, but um, was was uh, said to be of enormous importance to the internet and the tech world and corporate America and the rest of it. This AT and T case that's flown kind of under the radar. This has got to do with net neutrality or not? Well, kind of, sort of. Because uh, I don't understand that, even though. People have explained it to me. I've clear. I've just on that issue. Hmm. I've just decided I'm too dumb to understand it, so I've given up. Can't be taught. <laughs> well, Brian Fung of the Washington Post understands it, and he's also been following this big AT and T case, and is is here prepared to tell us what it's all about. Hello, Brian. How are you? Great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So, why does this AT and T case uh, matter to anybody? Well, uh, to be clear, this is uh, a different case uh, involving AT&T and the government than the one that's uh, involving AT&T's merger with Time Warner. That's a separate case. Um, this case we're talking about involves AT&T and the Federal Trade Commission, uh, the nation's top consumer protection uh, agency. And, uh, you know, back in um, the early to late 2000s, um, you know, AT&T had uh, engaged in uh, throttling of unlimited data plans. Now, um, the Federal Trade Commission said um, that that was a deceptive practice, that it was misleading consumers about the extent of, uh, to which that was happening. Um, and so the FTC took AT&T to court. Um, and of, uh, what began as a case involving uh, marketing and, and how AT&T markets its uh, unlimited data plans ultimately became a question about um, how much power the FTC actually has to go after uh, companies like AT&T. And, and in fact, even brought in this question of, you know, can companies like AT&T uh, escape FTC jurisdiction, um, and and if the court had ruled uh, yes, that uh, you know basically would have opened up a whole range of industries to um, trying to seek a uh, to exploit a loophole in the law. Well, you touched on a sore spot with me because I had unlimited data when I first signed up for my new iPhone, and then they decided, well, people are into data way more than we thought, and I started using a lot. Everybody did, and then they started throttling our data the line. So it's limited until they forced us into a different plan. By unlimited, we mean limited. Bastards. Anyway, back to you. But yeah, what was the the legal dodge, the loophole they tried to exploit, Brian? Yeah, so uh, AT&T argued that because uh, part of its um, uh, business, a uh, big part, um, you know, is involved in telecommunications, which is regulated by a different sister agency, the Federal Communications Commission, that meant even, uh, you know, its marketing department um, would, uh, you know, should be uh, not re- not be regulable by uh, the FTC. And basically, AT&T was trying to take advantage of something called um, the common carrier exemption, which basically means that uh, if a company like AT&T is uh, regulated by as a common carrier by another agency, um, then that part of its business um, can't be regulated by the FTC. Uh, now, AT&T was trying to argue that even the parts of uh, its business that weren't regulated by the FCC should be able to be exempted from FTC jurisdiction. Well, that's crazy because uh, I could then so I could run like a a shoe store. But then I also uh, come up with Joe's phone service. Yeah, yeah, I got the two cell phones. I'm going to sell them to y'all. You can call each other. And then the FTC can't regulate me? That seems insane. Right, and and that's so that's the theory um, that AT and T was running with, and if the court had said had agreed with AT and T, um, you know the uh, the um, 
you know, you would have seen a load of companies, whether that's, you know, in the retail sector or, um, you know, fast food chains and all, all other industries, um, you know, potentially being able to exploit this loophole. And in fact, uh, a, a judge, a three-judge panel did rule in favor of AT&T on this question. Really? Uh, back in our- and in August of 2016, and uh, this ruling that just came out uh, this week uh, actually reversed that and said, no, um, AT&T can't take advantage of this loophole. Were the judges Mo, Larry, and Curly? I mean, that seems absurd to me. It seems bizarre. Well, I, you know, I credit the AT&T lawyers for even trying such a ridiculous dodge, but boy, a three-judge panel bought it. You can get a judge or a panel of judges to go for anything. Well, it's interesting because, uh, you know, when that ruling came out in 2016, it really stunned a lot of antitrust and competition law experts who, um, you know, said this really overturns just decades worth of established jurisprudence on this question. Um, and, uh, and that's partly why the FTC sought another opinion from the court. Well, the headline is Joe Getty agrees with the Ninth Circuit Court for once. So uh, Brian Fung of The Washington Post. Brian, hey, thanks for the elucidation. My pleasure. All right, good to talk to you. Nice elucidation. Yeah, well done. That's what we were looking for, a little elucidating. Eh. Sounded more interesting in the tease. Should he... <laughs> Just goes uh, to show you how clever those lawyers are, huh, Jack? Yeah. What are you going to do? Wonder how often they have sex. So, <laughs> back to the survey of American adult couples. Oh, boy. How many... Minutes per week does the average couple spend having sex? They came up with sixty nine. I I doubt the. <laughs> I doubt that they did. Oh boy, that just makes my ass tired. Sorry for the frank language, folks. That's what she said. Oh boy. Um, I'd like to disassociate my. I think it was only uh, fifteen minutes or so ago. I was making a valid and important point about the nature of our immigration system and how we've worked ourselves into an unsustainable tension with each other. Now we're making childish, childish jokes about people's privates. Uh, This is science, Joe. Hmm. And a regular part of uh, a happy, healthy relationship, I believe. That's what they claim. Acting like 12-year-olds is? (laughs) Well, no about that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'll, we'll, we'll hit you after the break with a couple of uh, highlight stats. Plus, I, I want to know what Compare the copper told other you, people. too. Oh, yeah, 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 I've got that. Yeah, which is actually important. Compare yourself to other people. thought comparison was the thief of joy. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make some, some of you are going to be happy. You're going to com- compare yourself to other people and think, oh, my life is way better than those suckers. Sometimes comparison is the generator of joy. That's true. I'm it can better be. than you. Wow. You got to compare yourself to the right people. That's the key. And I asked a former cop about the cop that didn't go in, what his opinion was. And that was pretty interesting. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Chris Pratt, one of my favorite actors on the planet, you know, put up a nice tweet where he's just like, hey, man, I don't know you that much, but like, I love clerks and I'm praying for you. And apparently, like, some people were like, your prayers and attacked him. And And then James Gunn had to jump into it, be like, hey, nothing wrong with praying for a person, man. Uh, Yes. And number one, oh, my God, thanks to Chris Pratt. How sweet was that? Star Lord praying for me. Um, But number two, um, yeah, please don't. 
fight over stuff like that. It's a waste of time. Now, Kevin Smith uh, returning from the door of death to summarize the internet for us. Yeah, no kidding. Guy, uh, guy just had a heart attack. I'm praying for him. F you and your prayers. I pray for you to die. Quit raping my eyes with your posts. <laughs> it's science and doctors that are saving him, not your prayers. Uh, All right. I'm not a science or a doctor. I can I can only do so much. You know, let me make it clear. I don't want to hurt anybody, but I hate humanity. <laughs> yeah, director Kevin Smith, heart attack over the weekend. This is not a story that uh, haunts all males. Well, and women. Women have lots of heart attacks. Oh, heck too. yeah. Number one killer. That's true, but I've never met a woman who had a heart attack. For some reason, I know tons. Of, they're dead. I know tons of guys that have had heart attacks. Mm. Not tons, but I know several. I've never known a single woman that had a heart attack. How many women do you know? Maybe not enough. <laughs> Maybe that's the story here. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Kevin Smith, he's doing a stand-up. He's got two little dealies he's doing. He does his stand-up, starts feeling weird in between the two. Thinks I'll stick around and finish my second one. Nah, I feel really bad. Yeah. I'm gonna go to the doctor. Doctor says you would have died if you stuck around and did the second one. Yeah. Yeah, he said and, he, I, and you know what he felt? Indigestion, a little short of breath, kind of queasy, like I feel all the freaking time. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, he said he didn't feel any pain almost throughout the entire thing. It was just a constant inability to catch his breath. Yeah, well, that's that's a big one. That is a big one. Oh, jeez. You can't catch I can't catch it now, and neither can anybody else listening. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> that's a tough one. Yeah, it's like when you start talking about lice, lice crawling all over your scalp, in Make and sure out of your you. hair follicles. Everybody's head's itching. Everybody's. It is. I gotta scratch it. Okay, I'll hit you with this quickly and get it over with. Half of Americans say they schedule uh, uh, sexy time with their partners ahead of time. It's it's something you schedule. As Joe mentioned, it's something that you might think is ridiculous until you end up with a certain lifestyle and you think this is the only way it's going to work. This is great. Uh, The average American couple has six sex appointments a month. That'd be slightly more than one a week. Um, I'd sign up for that. Six a month, written in stone. Oh, sign today. You get one cancellation per quarter. <laughs> or, see, that's the problem with all of this. Or <laughs> one excused absence. Uh, 3% claim they have sex more than 30 times per month. That'd be more than once a day. <laughs> On most months. Some months you can just do one a day and you're fine. More than once a day. Uh, and 12... I, uh, I was in a car wreck once and I broke my sternum. And I only had sex once that day. <laughs> oh, my God. Luckily, I'd had sex before I broke my sternum. Right. <laughs> 12... And the next day, I was back at it. <laughs> right. Without a day off. Right. No, nobody ever has a cold or no, nothing. Skull <laughs> fracture and 14 of my teeth knocked out. But, man, I mounted up. <laughs> Got after it. 12% say the number's closer to zero, so... It's quite a discrepancy between the 12% at zero and the 3% that are more than once a day. So there you go. Those people are on meth. They're tweakers. <laughs> all right? They got a house full of sex aids they're, and porn. They're 20. Right. And they're tweakers. And they're tweakers. 20 childless, jobless, and tweakers. <laughs> and mostly toothless. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's romance, everybody, huh? Oh, God. Man, the stories we've both heard from cops that bust meth heads and meth houses and the rest of it. They say the tweaking really makes the sexy time crazy. And the houses are full of devices and porn. And We had a cop tell us one time there are three things you find in the house of the drug fiends. Clutter, porn, and more porn <laughs> are the three things you find. We were told that by a policeman. So, Yikes. There you go. Yeah. Might not be true now with the internet. I don't know. 
Okay, so how I've been kind of putting this off. See how how close to the bone do you want to get here? How deeply philosophical? How much do you want to stare into your own soul as you drive down the freeway with a Starbucks in your hands? You're not supposed to stare at your cell phone or your soul while you're driving. <laughs> so the cop who didn't run into the school, right? 30 years on the force. He's there. For at least four minutes, uh, quite a bit of outcry of how come you haven't released those videotapes? Videotapes exist of him and allegedly perhaps three others who were there and didn't go in. Why haven't those videotapes been shown to anybody? Because bureaucracies, because knowledge is power, information is power, and they never relinquish power until they're forced to, even if every principle we hold sacred says you should be transparent. You work for us. You don't get to decide when you release that stuff. That used to be true. It's not anymore. They always get over. Anyway, so that those videos haven't come out yet, but at least one cop for certain didn't go in for at least four minutes. Who knows how many of those 17 died in the amount of time he was listening to the shots while he was out there hiding behind his car with his gun up. Wow. wow. Um, so I asked a, a former policeman this morning. I said, so the guy didn't go in. What's your opinion? He said, oh, man. He said, that's a tough one. I was expecting, because we've gotten a bunch of texts from cops of, that's disgraceful, disgusting, I'm horrified by it, it gives me nightmares, I'd have run in absolutely. Right. Um, you know, we didn't hear from the people who might have a differing view. I asked this guy, he said, that's a tough one. He said, when I'm first on the force, young single guy, I'm in there in a second. Absolutely. I'm going to be the hero, and I'm going to save the day. He said, I'm older. I got kids. I don't know. I thought, well, that kind of surprised me, that answer. Um, but there, it, there are a lot of reasons that older guys generally go into command and administration. And that may be one of them that nobody ever talks about. Yeah, he said, he said, I go in there, I save some kids. I got kids, too. So who's going to take care of them? Who's going to look out for them? You know, that's, that, that's a tough one. Um, by the way, I think, I think it's interesting that this instance is being used on either side of the argument. Some people are using this for, see, you don't want teachers to have guns. Here you got a guy trained with a gun, and he didn't use it. So, But getting more guns will do no good. And the other side of the argument is, you can't count on the man with the gun to come save you, so I want to have a gun to save myself. Right. So there's, you know, people on both sides are making that argument. But I this... certainly favor one argument over the other, which I find ridiculous, but. Yeah. So this guy, former cop, said he said when he's younger, absolutely yes. He said, I'm older, I got kids, I don't know. And he said, we're not mandated to go in and be right. a hero. That's right. We don't have to. Yeah, the uh, as Ben the Libertarian has pointed out many times, there have been court cases on the right to protect or the the duty to protect there isn't one i've thought about this before back back again to how much do you want to stare into your own soul and i hope to god i'm never in one of these situations but i remember hearing a story over the summer where uh, some kid drowned a uh, river and there were some people on the, on the uh, on the shore that you know they watched him drown or that's an unfair way to put it it's technically true but it's an unfair way to mm-hmm. put it they saw him drown they didn't jump in the water and and that would be another one of my, you know, fast-moving water, kids drowning. When I'm 25 and childless, I think i probably jump in. I got kids now. Ah, it's a tough call. Do you watch yeah. some kid drown? Do I leave my kids without a dad and anybody making any money in a, in a one-income family? Yeah. That, those are tough calls. The drowning thing is hard, too. Number one cause of drowning, people who can't swim in water. Number two cause of drowning, people trying to save someone drowning. Yeah. Honest to God. Yeah. 
And so the all of us like the president. I think it was fair what he said the other day. We all would like to think that we would have gone into that school. I would mm-hmm. like to think so, too. Yeah. But, you know, that's a tough call. He said, if I if I got back up, he said, I go in. I got somebody to cover me and we can do it as a team. Mm-hmm. He said, by myself. He said, I don't know. With kids, I don't know. So, yeah, I don't know. that's a scary, scary thing. No doubt. And to, to me, I'd, I'd never I'd never had anybody current or former law, law enforcement be that honest with me before about that. If that's the case, that makes me want to carry a gun more. Mm-hmm. So somebody's in my house, shots are ringing out. You might wait outside for backup because you think, I don't know how many are in there. I got kids. Right. I'm not taking my chances. Well, then I got to have a gun mm-hmm. in my house or my school, or wherever the hell I am, with my life on the line, if they're going to make the decision that it's not worth it to them, they don't want to risk their lives to come into it, then, right. I, then it's on me. Well, and and listen, we're going to get a lot of crazy adamant uh, emails and texts. You can email us at mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. We just That's got mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com, or 415-295-KFTC for a text, 415-295-KFTC. Just got this text. I don't think I could not try. That'd be the hard one. It'd be hard to watch somebody drown. It'd be hard to listen to those shots being fired right. off in the school and not yeah. do anything. Oh, yeah, it'd be sickening. But, you know, just to take it to you know kind of an extreme point, but worth considering, I think. Is there a duty for a cop to run into a completely upside-down tactical situation where they're like, uh, you know, and I don't know if there's not a scale for this, but I think you know what I'm trying to say, where tactically speaking, it's 100 to 1 against them. I mean, it is a suicide mission. You got four guys with machine guns, and they're all pointed at the door, for instance. Okay, what if it's well, you, you, know, wouldn't, you obviously two wouldn't guys running around, and you saw one of them, and they know you're right around the car. All right, what if you just have no idea what's going on in there? Now, the training is, as everybody's made clear, you go in and you confront the shooter and try to save lives. But it's, it's uh, anybody who tries to make it a simple question and writes their bellowing, I'm a brave bull moose email, I just, you know. How about this one? 27-year law enforcement vet who is a commander today, and I would still go in and stop an active shooter. It's not just age or time, but heart. How about people who know, yeah, I would absolutely do that. How about if you know you wouldn't do that, should you be a policeman? If you're thinking, you know, if it ever comes down to that, I'm not going. Should you be walking around with serve and protect on your shoulder? I think maybe you realize that about yourself at some point. You think it's a little too late to learn how to manage grocery stores, so I'm just going to stick it out and hope I don't get in that situation. Well, I hope that person doesn't ever come to my house if something bad's happening. You know, I have talked to people first person who've been in battle and read many accounts, and you just never know who's going to be who in battle until it starts. The bravest seaman guy runs for his life and, you know, vice versa. But how, I'm saying, how about if you know you're not going to? That's your plan. Right. right. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Another ominous twist in Syria and a new course at San Diego State stirring up national oh, outrage. Oh, God. Here we go. Good stuff, Marshall. Coming up. Stir the pot. Poke everybody with a stick. Get us all mad and worked up. <laughs> you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So, you know, should have expected to get some pretty uh, good and strong texts on that whole thing. 
So they don't want to go in, but they want the benefits in retirement. F them. Quit your job. It's one view. Also got, I'm a 40, I lost it, 40-some year veteran of the force. I really think we got to wait and hear his side of the story before we pass any judgment. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I've, I, I've heard his side of the story through his attorney, and I, it, it is not compelling to me. But no, and the fact I that appreciate your spirit. And the fact that he's being behind his attorney says something to me. And the fact that he resigned immediately, yeah. retired immediately. Right. Exactly. Uh, let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, honoring the late Reverend Billy Graham at the Capitol today, President Trump spoke. We can only imagine the number of lives touched by the preaching and the prayers of Billy Graham. The hearts he changed, the sorrows he eased, and the joy he brought. The president, part of a short memorial service this morning, Graham's going to lie in honor in the Capitol Rotunda for the next 24 hours. The Russia-ordered brief humanitarian pause has taken effect oh. for the second day yeah. in that rebel-held region near the Syrian capital, but still no civilians have used the exit corridor manned by Syrian and Russian forces to leave while battlegrounds <laughs> continue. None. Right. Battles, nobody, right. nobody has taken the bait. Nope. It's There's just, a measure of the sincerity of the great Russian bear. It's just it's It's frustrating to me... That people fall for Putin's games the way they do, and, and and even report it with with any sincerity whatsoever. Right, report it is what it is, and everybody knows it. It's a farce. It's a joke. So he helped um, soften up this neighborhood in this city. Lots right. of civilians there getting killed. Hospitals, schools, whoever doesn't right. matter who they get. And now the ground forces are going in, backed by the Russians in Iran. They claim they're going to have a ceasefire so people would back off a little bit on the, the just, you know, awfulness that is occurring. It's it's a, um, I mean, it's as bad as anything that's happened on the world stage ever. It's that sort of thing. You're just going in and slaughtering people right. for your political gains and nobody's doing anything about it. He claims he's going to have a ceasefire. Doesn't. But the media continues to report it right. as if it's something. Boy, I hope the UN Security Council passes another resolution. That'll show them. You know, the most disappointing uh, unicorn thing that ever happened during the Obama administration was when Secretary John Kerry, and him of all people, Secretary of State, a guy who fought in the Vietnam War, right. Purple Heart. Right. I mean, he, he was in the S, as they say. For him to say, Putin's 21st, 20th century move in a 21st century world will not stand. Who, 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 did you actually believe that, John Kerry? Maybe down there at the country club, they're all into being 21st century people, but the brutes who want something, they're not interested. No, and unless you're going to push back with force, it will, it will happen until the end of time. Right. Him of all people, I would think, would understand that. Well, and I would would that it were. Would that it were. I would characterize how ridiculous Putin thought that quote was at the time, but people have accused me of, well, that my Putin imitation sounds like Tonto, and I found that hurtful, and so I'm not going to repeat it. Mm. Meanwhile, the anti-government forces fighting against the Syria, digging in there, saying for a long, long fight. These are battle-hardened soldiers, guerrillas, using underground tunnel systems that they only they know because they set them up over the years. Well, and how about the other big story that the <laughs> chemical weapons they've yep. been using are from North Korea, it yep. looks like. I warned you, chemical and biological weapons. Everybody's talking about the nukes. And he's doing it, they're doing it for cash, I guess, because yes. they're getting, they're getting crunched so hard they need money to survive so they're selling chemical weapons to bad guys 
I mean, that is just ugly. And then the question is, what part does Russia have in making that deal between the North Koreans and Probably the Syrian government? Probably, well, lots of 20th uh-huh. century transaction uh-huh. in the 21st century. Yeah. It will not stand. Another matter, San Diego State University is responding to criticism over a course that discusses President Trump and the impeachment process. <laughs> Several conservative-leaning national media outlets have criticized the course entitled Trump, Impeachment, Removal, or Conviction. The week-long class is going to be offered in March, and according to the uh, course description... It's a week-long class? It's one of those like <laughs> spring term yes. classes, yeah. or the yes. like some colleges have winter term or whatever. Yeah, I'd be interested in that one week of really getting to the how the whole impeachment thing works. Right. And according to the course description, it's going to focus on the impeachment process. They picked a rather fiery title to get oh, everybody sure. interested. Sure. But critics yeah. say the class is designed exclusively to focus on the topic of removing the president from the office. That's what the critics are saying. But the uh, university officials are saying the course is going to present an overall framework of the impeachment process and reviews all 19 impeachments in U.S. history. Mm, I didn't there know there were 19 of them. Really? And still nobody's been removed from office? No. Actually, no. by an impeachment? Mm-mm. 19 impeachments of presidents? That's not true. No, nah, I can't it be. It says in That'd U.S. history. Almost half. Okay, so they impeached <laughs> the governor of Louisiana, yeah. Louisiana back yeah, in 1961. Uh, yeah, you know, it's this is only sort of related, because yeah. I, I can't even work up the energy to be mad about this, but... Um, the the unmistakable veer of the Democratic Party to the left, I mean, really left, I mean, way, way, way left to five, six years ago, how that ends or where that takes them and the country, really interested to see that. Now, Jack, aren't you a golden ticket holder for Starbucks? What do you call that program? I'm a premium gold member. I've yes. got a golden ticket. Uh, okay, premium gold member. Well, you're going to be interested in this, except you stop drinking. Starbucks is going to be opening up a 1,000 locations that will serve cocktails as it looks to pull more customers in during the afternoon and evening hours who want to have drinks instead of more coffee. Hey, you know that milkshake that I normally order? Why don't you put a little rum in that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey, honey, you know, I really enjoy drinking here at TGI Fridays, but I wish there was somewhere even more corporate than Milk Toast where we could get our buzz on. Can the, you think of anywhere? This is a little too edgy and right. local. It's too crazy here at the Fuddruckers. <laughs> the first reserve store opened Tuesday in Seattle in the same buildings as Starbucks headquarters. God, I remember getting if drunk. If you get into too many fist fights at Applebee's, go get your drink on at Starbucks. I mean, I remember getting kind of drunk up with a guy after work at a TGI Fridays, and I thought, this is just sad. <laughs> Well, how did we end up at a TGI Friday? Was it the fourth like, bottle flip that really <laughs> that really brought it home for you? They yeah. love their flair there at the TGI Fridays. <laughs> I like it. The first full-on Starbucks bar is in their, in their headquarters. All right. There you CEO, go. everyone, just go downstairs. You know, me and uh, Brian the Umpire were yeah. going to a basketball game a couple of months ago, and uh, we were waiting for our ride. And we were standing there next to a Brookfields restaurant. Do you know Brookfields mm-hmm. restaurant? It's like an old personatorium, and they, they serve pretty good breakfast and yeah. all, but it's I mean, the average age of the, you know, the customer there is, well, it's certainly past 60. 
And uh, we decided we were going to run in and get a drink. And I said, they don't serve liquor in there or beer. And it turns out they have sure beer they and wine. Yeah. And so we're the only two <laughs> I would guys. know that. They have those at those places. <laughs> well, yeah. I bow to your greater expertise. And so we were sitting there at the bar at the Brookfields restaurant. The only two guys getting our drink on while the waitresses ran back and forth uh, selling cut-rate meals to 80-year-olds. It was, it was a very, very weird atmosphere. I can still remember the uh, moment I found that out. It was in college. It was a breakfast place kind of like that well breakfast yeah. we'd be there like after we left the bars right and you're getting biscuits and gravy and that sort of stuff and oh, i've been, I've been oh, going yeah. there for years like you know twice a week for years and getting my biscuits and gravy and all that sort of stuff and it was a raucous crowd you know everybody's leaving the bars the and there's, poor waitresses. there's fights and there are people looking for companionship and the whole thing but one time i'm there at a group, a group of table after going yep. there for years and somebody ordered a beer I said, you can get beer here. You can get... How come nobody told me? We can get the party going. You can get beer here. Hurrah! Oh, that was a life-changing moment. So you got to drink drink with your post-drink breakfast. Yikes. Helps wash it down. Oh, yeah. All right, that is your news. I'm Marshall Phillips of the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. And here's our slightly drunken eagle. Good job, Screechy. I'm guessing the average person that gets a beer at those places. I don't know what's going on with them, but... I, I must tell you, over the years, I always just ask, do you serve beer and wine? Yeah. And if they say no, then I get a Boy, dour look up my leave. I can't picture a less drinky atmosphere, right. though, you know? Right, right. Uh, With your BLT at noon? I mean, what are, you, what are you doing there? It's like if a stripper came out all of a sudden. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, you don't want a lap dance? This shouldn't be here. Why? This is too weird. Can my I get grandma's this? watching me. Can I get a beer with a side of blue cheese dressing? I mean, it's that kind of a place. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Um, the petering out coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Become a YouTube star. Well, that's the best bet out there for like winning the lottery or the gold rush or whatever in the modern world. Mm. Come up with something that's going to catch up on YouTube. You, I mean, you can do you can do this from your home. I, you know, you need the, just the cheapest computer and and internet hookup from your house. You come up with an idea, you could be a millionaire soon. Got a story here of a couple that got that going. It became very famous, millions of clicks, etc. Got some obsessed fans. One of whom showed up with a gun to kill him. Mm. You don't want to be famous. Get a job, work hard. Now packed Uncle Jack with his bizarre schemes for wealth. Well, this is a better plan than playing the lottery. I oh, think, in terms of likelihood. That. Okay. Well, certainly, because even if you fail at this, you have learned. Well, I tried to make videos, and you're learning, you're acquiring skills as opposed to just right. acquiring lottery tickets. I spent about an hour once trying to post a YouTube video, was foiled, and have never tried again. Mm-hmm. So that's my YouTube experience. That's the spirit. I've watched a lot Hello, of YouTube. YouTube videos. I'm Mike Huckabee. I'm Mike. Um, Your daughter's doing well. Only, Chewing out the press. <laughs> <laughs> only 3% of YouTube sites manage to make over $16,800 a year. 
Which wouldn't be much. I mean, you know it'd be, what? It'd be all right. I'd, I'd take it, but I, I'm actually you can't live on. It. I'm impressed that that many do, because there are, you know, billion, a quarter trillion. <laughs> I don't, yeah. There are an uh, unfathomable number of YouTube sites. Yeah, the numbers on YouTube. So three out of a hundred are making you know buy a used car money. Mm. Huh? Yeah. If so, only I had anything to offer. <laughs> How many views do you have to get before you start getting into making money? There's a name for that. You get metered or something. Monetized. Monetized, Monetized, yeah. And they start jamming ads in there, right? And they're just randomly jammed in because I listen to these uh, like speeches and stuff like that. They have enough views and they just stop. There's a little ad, then they continue. They're just Mm -hmm. randomly stuck in there. 110 views. No, it's 50 million. I'm sorry, it was... We've got we've got videos with a lot more than that, so I know that mm. that's not true. And I ain't been monetized. Where my money at? Yeah. Does anybody know what the cutoff is? How no, many you actually need to get? I, I don't know if there's just an abstract number of okay. that sort of thing. I think you, you an have an abstract to, number. Like it's not like that's every a, video fun. that gets a thousand views uh-huh. is going to become monetized. I don't think it works that way. I think you have to set up an account and get into a partnership with YouTube. I uh, the short answer is I don't know. Okay. But I don't believe that Hansen there's just saying what you said. You have to actively work out some sort of partnership. Right. You got to sign on the dotted line. You get X the percent of the revenue, I get X. Okay. Do you have any idea Hansen roughly how many views you got to get before you start making any money? Nope. It's more than we've ever gotten though. So it's more than like 10,000 or something like that. Everybody's shrugging their shoulders. It's a bunch of go-getters we are. You brought it up. You didn't tell us. How many stars are there in the galaxy? Does anybody know? Nobody knows? What the hell? So here's some. I'm Jack. I'm Jack. I'll say 27,000. Yeah. How many different kinds of birds are there? What's the matter with you people? You don't know? I'm Jack. And he moves just like that. Yeah. Hands up back and forth. That's right. I was like, but my thing is being a Luddite. You all are supposed to know more than me. Well, you've been duped. Yes, no kidding. So advertisers only pay when someone clicks on an ad or watches the full 30-second version of the ad. If your video gets 10 million views and nobody watches or clicks the ad, you don't get any money. I don't think that's right because I I hear, I don't know, I'll talk more about it some other time. Here's our... hmm. I'm strong and getty, are getting ready for Final Thoughts. Here's our host for Final Thoughts, Joe. Okay. It's time for Final Thoughts, everybody. Michelangelo, what's your final thought? All right, please help me by writing to Congress to eliminate leap years and expand February to 29 days permanently. To all those who were born February 29th, you'll be in our thoughts and prayers tomorrow. <laughs> My brother's born on the 29th. Was he really? Yeah, he's like five years old. Freak! <laughs> Get to go to kindergarten. Positive Sean, final thought. Yeah, uh, raising some money for the the Weave Foundation, women escaping a violent environment. Just after the show, I'm heading out to Stone's Gambling Hall. Anybody who walks through the doors gets $100 donated to the Weave Foundation. A great charity. I'm going out there. Hope to see you guys there. Super. Marshall Phillips, your final thought. I hope to join Positive Sean in that adventure. I've got my gambling pants on. (laughs) Your gambling pants. But I got to tell you, I have been playing hurt all morning. I'm going to probably need some hands-on medical attention. My right buttock has been very, very sore, and I don't know why. Oh, boy. Your buttock. Do you need to tell us that? Do we need to know that? What? Bit of an overshare. Sharing the pain. (laughs) Jack, your final thought? Yeah, this is uh, highly serious, but uh, looking at some of the texts we've got from people, and I hope to God, you know, wondering, am I the sort of person that would run into the school or not? I hope to God I never in my life am in a situation where I have to make that decision. 
That's a tough one. Either way. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. My final thought, shout out to my dog, Baxter. He's limping, he's gimping, he's got an injured paw. He's at home. I assume he's listening to the show. He's probably flipping through the channels, realizing that morning TV is stupid. Looking for the man that shot his paw. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll be home soon, Baxy boy, and we'll sit around, we'll chew the fat, because you're not supposed to run around, which is the only thing you ever want to do, ever. Yeah. Oh, boy. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour work day. So many people think, does anybody have any, like, pot-infused dog treats I could give them? Have them lay around and watch movies? Huh? That would work. Watching the Big Lebowski. Exactly. So many people think, go to armstrongandgetty.com. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line if there's something we ought to be talking about. You have an opinion on what we have talked about. Fire away. You better have a Costco-sized bag of pepperonis if you're going to go to the dope direction with the dog. Mm. <laughs> God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. Please don't fight over stuff like that. It's a waste of time. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.